welcome back to the Blog for Good podcast. Today I've got Ihan Chan and David Hood with me. Both uh, gentlemen are from Melbourne and they are working in the community. Uh, David's worked around Collaboratory Melbourne more recently um, and Ihan does many projects including... Ihan, would you like to tell me some of the projects you're up to lately? Freshly hacked. How did that go on the weekend? Oh, it went fantastic. And the amount of people came together and spent 48 hours turning an idea that's really, really general to make it into a very specific uh, entrepreneurial concept. It was yep. just mind-blowing. Brilliant. And did you use social to engage people in that process? Or was there a social element in that that um, you found useful? Um, we. With the event itself, not really, but yeah. when it comes to the approach, um, people did definitely take this, um, take the theory yeah. of the whole social thing, and you know, people, um, people who like to have feedback loops and comparison according to to their social peers, um, take, they do take that into account when they design whatever they're trying to design. So, for example, the winners, um, the sustainability KPI dashboard. So it, it tells you your sustainability footprint, okay. um, per, your personal um, sustainability footprint, and it's an API that's compatible with almost every single internal communications platform that corporates use, whether it's Yammer, SharePoint, whatever it is. And it also tells you your footprint compared to your the average um, colleague of yours and also the <laughs> entire corporation. Wow, that's amazing. That is pretty amazing. So they won. And Yammer... The, the lady from Yammer was also the judge, is now working with them, um, mentoring them. Wow, so it uses the APIs from all these different apps that people use to work out how much uh, impact you're having. Yeah, and also to, they have to self-measure as well, so you know, if they have lunch today, where do they throw away the waste and you know, what happens wow. to the waste and stuff like that. That's and based on that, they a very rough kind of calculation. That's amazing. So you and I actually probably had our first conversations on Twitter and uh, I remember on using uh, Skype a few times. How do you think that um, social media has impacted people's ability to sort of organize and get together and, and do good stuff in the community? I think we look back at um, before social media came about, people, has always, people have always got together based on their shared um, vision, shared um, passion or shared interest on something, but when it when it's ge um, geographic, uh, ge it's you know geographic, yeah, yeah, limited by geography. It's often difficult for people to come together um, to based on their passion or whatever it is. But what the social media has done is that it's make it open where people can literally come together to facilitate community outcomes. And we, based on those observations. It's one of the reasons that Bendigo and Adelaide Bank started planbig.com.au where the whole idea is that communities are going online to facilitate community outcomes by coming together and working together as community. And you know, that's all happened because of things like social networking sites and social media. Yeah, so it's very uh, inclusive and it's particularly good for people who maybe are on the fridges of uh, main cities and stuff like that still have some involvement with hashtags as well. You can still be part of a conversation that's going on somewhere. David, last year you did um, a great event, The Gathering. Mm -hmm. um, I know that that 
really had a lot to do with the social media sort of outreach that you did in the very beginning. Yep. You brought together some amazing people. Yeah. Um, can you tell me a little bit about how you found that and your general sort of feeling on how social media is you know, impacting people's work in the community area? Yeah, I think kind of to follow on from what Ehan was saying, uh, there's the, the beauty of social media is that uh, it makes a message more spreadable and it makes it more searchable. So when people have, do have these common interests or they're passionate about something, it's much easier to come together. It's facilitated and you have a lot of these kind of these serendipitous uh, connections. And particularly when you're across multiple platforms and, you know, from having Facebook open yourself and you have that ticker going along the side now, mm. is that you might be engaged in something else on, the, on Facebook, but you're picking up on these other things on the side. And so, you know, with really clever strategic use of social media, for an organisation or something like when we ran gathering last year, you're sharing the content or the topic of what you're exploring at that event, plus the details about the event on multiple platforms. So it might be that you have a Facebook page, you have a personal profile, um, you might be on Google Plus or Twitter, um, and you know even uh, I remember when I went out to the venue, um, I think the the conversation and the interest in the event geared up. A long time before the event was actually yeah. on and so we were sharing a lot of content from from featured participants the people that were coming to speak uh, the topics that we we're going to cover I was putting up blog posts or or linking to articles that were topical and I'd even do things like when I went out to, to check the venue took photos on Instagram so I've got this great platform that's just sprung up in the last year and a half, I think it is now, yeah. um, which is a, a photo-taking app on, on smartphones where you can take the photo, you can play with it and be really crafty and do all these great filters to it really simply, and you can post it at the same time to Twitter, Flickr, Facebook, Tumblr, Foursquare. And so you've got this way of people interacting with your event or experience or idea in ways that they that suit them or interest them yeah and uh i think that's that's a lot of people find it difficult because there are so many different platforms and i think uh once we get a basic handle on the variety of different platforms it's good to go okay these are the ones that suit me and they work for me or my organization and kind of go forward with that and work with our community what do you think about um curating content like i noticed you've just got into pinterest a bit recently yeah um, do you have any thoughts on curating content and the, the sort of advantage of that yeah. um, type of approach? Um, yeah, I'm really loving playing with Pinterest, to be honest. Uh, I think it's because it's this shared visioning. Mm. And again, to, to this uh, able, you know, able to connect with people over these images or these experiences or thoughts. I mean, I'm more interested in the stuff that's probably a bit more inspirational or engaging with meaning, less so than the kind of Rocks and jewelry and furniture and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But there's some pretty amazing things that people have done there. Like Beth Cantor, um, who's the social media guru for not-for-profits in the US, uh, she's been really active on there. In fact, um, there's some a lot of people posting some really fantastic infographics around use of social media. Um, but in terms of content curation, I mean, this is another thing a lot of people find difficult initially. And I think it's... You can quite easily on Twitter, I think, find the kind of people that create valuable content that you can then share with your community early on before you get to the point of creating a lot of it yourself. Yeah. And so I think it's a matter of putting in place systems around that. Um, I mean, that's what I teach when I work with 
organisations or one-on-one workshops? I'm sure, Ian, I think. Yeah, I think definitely. I think it's, it, it is becoming a skill now to be able to curate um, content or experiences or events that people is specific to, the, to what people need at the time. And it's becoming a skill that I think is going to worth a lot of money if people can get it right, especially with the amount of digital data that people live behind every single day while they browse the internet or, or you know, look, do a Google search, for example. So, and you know, with, with things like social media, you're, you're literally bomb, bombarded with all this information, all these links. So you don't really have that time to yeah. look through the content that you really need at the time. So if you have, you're following someone who is able to curate those content for you, it's a it's it's amazing skill to have. My my favorite, I, you know, even now I still tweak the way I do that. Um, I don't have an iPad yet. Uh, I'm going to get one when the iPad three comes out. Uh, and last year there was a fantastic app that came out called Flipboard that mm. a lot of people loved. Yeah. And they brought out an iPhone app a couple of months ago, and I love it. Um, when I first got on Twitter a couple of years ago, when I was working at Greenpeace, I used to get a lot of my information either from Twitter. Uh, and, and that was a, a list of people that I curated who I was following that used to have, you know, used to feed me a lot of great stuff or, you know, they used to share a lot of great stuff. And then I started uh, developing a list of blogs or websites I'd follow using Google Reader. And so now with Flipboard, I now have my curated list of people I follow on Twitter and I have my blogs that I follow on Google Reader that feed into Flipboard. And the way they've designed the app is it's so simple and it's really nice to use that I can quite easily share something to Facebook or Twitter um, or even if I want to save it in Delicious as a bookmark or something. Yeah. yeah. How about, um, I noticed uh, you got Alex Stefan to speak at the last collaboratory and that was a brilliant event. I really enjoyed that. Um, his overall approach and sort of outlook was just amazing. One of the best I've ever heard. Mm. Do, do you think that Twitter in particular is a great sort of way to reach out to people who would otherwise in the past not be approachable? Because you know how usually there's a wall garden or there's a gatekeeper yeah. and often if you actually reach out to some of these speakers or um, you know great thought leaders, you can actually, actually get them to at least take a look and consider? Uh, most definitely. I mean, I've got a bunch of stories around that uh, and I'm sure Eon has as well. I think... The uh, Alex, I was so lucky. So with the collaboratory Melbourne, we're set up on meetup.com, which I love as a platform in terms of what we were talking about before, that it brings together, you know, passion and interest of people around particular topics. And I get an email every time somebody signs up and I've asked, set it up so I'd ask them a few questions so I'd get a bit of a feel yeah. for who they are and what they're interested in. And I wake up, I, I wake up one day, open up my email and there was a, an update that Alex Stefan had signed up for my meetup. <laughs> like, really? <laughs> That's amazing. And uh, so I, you know, I messaged him and then we started having a chat over uh, Twitter and email. And uh, yeah, I had a great conversation with him one day in at the hub and he in Hub Melbourne and he uh, we you know we decided that there would be people that would love to hear what he's mm. up to and his thoughts. And I it was it was one of my favourite talks, I think, for the last year or so. Me too. Uh, and, you know, in terms of social media for that, there were so many tweets from that event that we had people from all over the world wanting to know, what is this event? 
Uh, and so that this is the value then that those people, you know, we can use uh, platforms like Storify. Uh, so we could grab all the, you know, I could collect a few of the tweets that came out of the tweet stream, some photos people had taken, um, even things like Freshly Hacked. I'll put a link in there because, uh, you know, the hub was a sponsor for the event. And so you can create this one page that has all these great amount of content that you can share with people as a reminder if they were there or for additional information if they weren't there. And so you have this great uh, way that people can dive in and connect. And, um, and it happened with Gathering last year in terms of how we got some of the people to come out to be speakers that I connected them uh, through Twitter. Mm, absolutely. How about, um, oh gosh, what was I gonna say? Um, Plan Big. I know a lot of people have used Plan Big and it's a great platform to sort of share with um, your community or the entire Australian community what it is that you believe in. Do you think that um, that people who are striving to sort of get their ideas or their um, community projects off the ground can benefit from being involved in sort of a, a way that they can tr be trained in the sort of basic skills that are required to to advocate for your, your project? Do you think that, because we, we've had people in here from World Vision and other organizations, and obviously we're at Telstra and we have access to all kinds of resources. But for the small player or the person who's, you know, seeking out to maybe support a, a village school or something like that, do you have any advice on sort of some steps to take to do social media well? Yeah, absolutely. I think the first thing is to just try it, you know. Um, you don't have to get it right in the first place or, you know, be perfect at it. And I often tell people um, progress is better than perfection. So the moment you step, one, like step, one step, that's great. Yeah. you realize that people would naturally support you and give you all the advice that you need to take the next step. And before you know it, you just started, you just get stuck in this cycle and you just slowly become, you know, the, the advocate, whatever it is for, for your cause or whatever you're trying to do. Um, so when we, you know, you're talking about how social media has provided this inclusive environment. And I was sharing a story recently about <clears throat> when I first started volunteering in Australia, I chose online volunteering because I didn't really speak English. My, you know, I just moved from Malaysia. English was my third language. We didn't really speak that much English. And I have this really strong Malaysian accent. And I didn't understand what, you know, I didn't understand the Australian accent. <laughs> so anything that needed me to communicate with someone was a struggle. And so I jumped on a couple of websites and found an organization that needed help. And so I started volunteering with them through forums where it was very much writing, because writing was no problem for me. Okay, yeah. um, it was more the speaking and listening that was a problem for me. And that's how I also learned English. And that's amazing. Before I slowly transitioned into full-time volunteering and going out there and advocating and you know being an activist for all these different causes and stuff like that. And, and if you want to use Plan B as an example, um, there's a lady who lives in, um, there's a woman who lives in Jaredel, Serpentine, in Western Australia, which is a small little town. Um, I think it's about six, seven hours from Perth, where she has always, she's a housewife, she's a teacher, um, mum of, I think, five kids, if I'm not wrong. And she's always been very interested in trying to do something for the community. So she, she wants to, so there's a playground near her house where it's run down, it's completely, it's just a mess. And she's been trying to get the council to listen to her to fix it. And the council said, no, we're not fixing it. And one day this council decided to take it away and took 
all the playground down and left it blank. And so she decided that she needs to do something about it, but she didn't know how to, where to start. And while she was at Bendigo Bank um, in, in her town, she saw this poster for Plan B. So she went on planb.com.au, put it up there. People gave her advice on how she should write to the counselor and how she could, should campaign. Um, she started telling people about it. She even went on Twitter and went on Facebook, started wow. using all these things, <laughs> even though she didn't know how to use it. Yeah. She found 140 characters on Twitter, a struggle actually. <laughs> um, and people started helping her. And before she knows it, people start turning it, uh, turning it up at her house, telling her that, not really literally on her house, but you know, sending her emails and tweets saying that, hey, we're happy to sponsor the lawn. Hey, we're happy to sponsor $15,000. Wow. Hey, we're happy to put wow. in $10,000. And within six months or seven months on Plan B, she have she built a playground for the entire community That's with great. beautiful green lawn, and she had a massive celebration and party. So sometimes you never know where it's gonna go um, mm-hmm. by just putting your thoughts and ideas or whatever it is that you're passionate about out there into the digital world, because it literally spreads. Mm-hmm. And it's a good and bad thing, but generally a good thing. Uh, that's such a, a beautiful example also uh, on a number of different fronts, but particularly, you know, for people that work in an organisation. So for Plan Big, I'm sure they loved seeing this uh, blossom in that way. And even when it was a fairly new uh, platform, mm. people using a platform in unexpected or really amazing ways. And I think this happens sometimes with campaigns that organisations might run, that they might do a campaign for a cause or you know, whether it's to sign up for something or take action on something. And sometimes if you enable it, and particularly via web and social media, people create content or do really amazing things because they love the vision of what you mm. do and you leave it free for them to do and you provide them with other, you know, collateral or materials or ways of doing things. Yeah. And I think this is a really exciting thing in terms of how the use of social media and web is evolving is this more around collaboration or co-creation? Yeah, I know there was an example recently in the US where uh, somebody followed some event that happened about a year ago where um, they used a petition to remove the bank fees almost, you know, within a week. And then this year the lady just copied it for another similar issue. And within 24 hours, the bank, I think it was the Bank of America or something, had waived this fee that they were gonna do because they already heard of the original story and they thought, we don't want yeah. that press. <laughs> we should have listened and they just removed the fee. Maybe so we need nice. to do that in Australia in regards to interest rates. <laughs> <laughs> but it does, you know, with things like that, it does mean that um, it has changed how people view marketing and communications because it's now not so much how you communicate people. The skill for people who want to work in social media now is along the lines of curation and facilitation. How do you facilitate the community outcomes, mm-hmm. and how do you how do you curate the content that your um, your audience wants to see? Yeah, the benefits. Yeah, there. and it's about building the community, which I think a lot of people think they know how to do it, but they don't necessarily do it well. Great. So with Blog for Good, we're supporting this project. We really believe in social and what it can do, the impact that it can have. So we're we're launching on the fifth at mm-hmm. the order bar. Um, and we're looking for people who have been blogging for a while and who can show us the impact they've had and the tools that they've used, share the stories of the people that they work with um, over a period of a couple of weeks. They could put together this 
presentation in a SlideShare template, which we're going to put up, and then they upload it to SlideShare and share it with everyone and tell their story that way. And then we will decide uh, in the coming weeks who the winner is and fly that person to Tanzania to report back what they see in Tanzania. And we're hoping that this will then perpetuate kind of like a pay it forward thing. And then next year, that person will hand that over to another person who's doing something interesting and it will just keep going on and on and on like that forever. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Sounds great. Mm. Excellent. Thank you so much for coming in, guys. Thanks for having us. No worries. Yeah, no worries. And next week, we'll have a blog from Marcus. Awesome.